Good morning to you. Oh, you guys could do better than that. Good morning. And welcome to everybody watching online. Uh, the Lord is so good. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you provide grace through your Holy Spirit in every situation. And we really need you to come and speak to every person today, including me, Lord, about what you want us to do. Help us to make adjustments that bring a lot of grace to our homes. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, you may want to take notes today. I've had a couple of people go ahead and start their car for me downstairs in case I have to run away quickly. I'm dealing with a dangerous topic today. And the topic is how a wife can love her husband well. Ladies, repeat that please. How a wife can their husband well. Uh, we beat up, I mean, we blessed the men about four weeks ago. Hey, you guys are getting off easy today because, man, all of us guys took a hit. Oh, my goodness. I had to teach it. And my wife was in the back. So we essentially want to treat our wives as Jesus would treat them. Men, is that yes or no? Boy, that's pretty sad. We want to treat our wives as Jesus would want us to treat them, yes? And we want, ladies, we want to love our husbands as Christ would love them. True? Yes? Okay. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. And we spent a long time a month ago in the verses above it, but we just want to touch on one verse. One verse is enough. Verse 33, however, let each one, let each man love his wife as what? Himself. Question. 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 Do men naturally love their wives, ladies, yes or no? Do they love their wives? That's faith. I hear faith over here. Do women love their husbands? Well, let's go back. Do wives love their husbands naturally, yes or no? No, they do not. Men are hunter-gatherers. They're collectors. It's like hunting a moose in Manitoba. They track her down and skin her, put her on a wall, and then they're on to something else. Cars, collecting coins, a garden, building a shed, raising chickens, playing chess. And so the scripture always speaks to tendency. And so the tendency is, men, you have to come around and make sure you're courting, loving, and serving your wives because it's not natural for you to do that. The Lord first, your wife second. So let's see what the scripture says for you sisters. And let the wife see to it that she what? I'm sorry, do you have a Bible? That she what? Ephesians 6.30. I'm sorry. That would be five. I've already done this once. Give me a little break, okay? It's Ephesians 5.33. See to it that she what? Respects your husband. Here's a question. Do wives naturally respect their husbands? Would that be yes or no? That is no. They do not. Because the scripture always speaks to tendency. Here's what wives naturally do. They love their husbands. They fall in love. They want a good man. They want a holy man. They want a caring man. But the guy's only married six weeks before they figure it out. Whoops, he ain't that. He forgets. He's not attentive. 
He's rude. He has poor manners. He's got addictions. And then her respect that she had when she married him goes like this. Down, 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 down. Until she stands with her hands on her hips and goes, Oh my goodness, what have I got myself into? So the scripture says, Wives, learn to give the man what he needs the most, which is respect. Now follow me as we walk through this. I got two disclaimers. That's to protect me from bodily harm today. One is marriage is not easy for anybody. Sue and I have been married 42 years, had a good marriage the first year, had a good marriage every year, but it has not been easy because we are opposites. And we would have an average of two big blow-ups every year. I didn't see coming. I didn't understand it. I didn't think like a wife. I didn't get it. So after about five years, it went to one blow-up a year. Then it went to one blow-up about every three years, and then we haven't had one in quite a while. So it's not easy. We have worked at it. And if you've tried everything in the world, why not go to the Scriptures? This will tell you how to get the best outcome. And if you tell me you're not happy, you tell me it's not working, why not try a new approach is what we're going to talk about today. Uh, here's disclaimer number two. A lot of us, maybe most of us, including the guy talking, have all had trauma. Trauma is pain. Trauma is loss. Trauma is disappointment. Trauma is betrayal. Most of my trauma has come from church wounds, from serving people, that it turned out really, really painful. So when we have trauma, it often, usually, maybe every time, impacts our ability to love and our ability to trust. Uh, several times I have been on the verge of stopping serving people. I love Jesus, but I didn't want to play anymore because it was painful and disappointing. And the Lord had to deal with my heart and my pain. And I had to forgive. I had to let go and I had to get healed. Does that make sense? But I determined, watch, watch old Steve-O. I did not want to go through life like this. I did not want to go through life in a karate stance or a boxing stance. You can't love that way. And I needed to stop protecting myself, even if it meant I got nailed again and had to love like this, because that's really the only way I could love. It took me quite a while to get there. I just want to say, you're not different. You've been hurt. I want to say, you're not weird. I want to say it wasn't your fault. But I do want to say we have to believe Jesus can heal us, even if it takes a while, from the wounds and the trauma we've been through because that's kind of what he does. And I'm a testimony. He has healed me and restored me several times when I was on the fence. Okay, that's my two disclaimers. Do you get it? Okay. Now, the verse we read, however, see to it that each man love his wife as Christ loved the church and as he loves himself and see to it that a wife goes, I got to learn to respect this guy because that's what he needs. Now, let's get to the sermon. Can we get to the sermon? Okay. Every man, every marriage is what goes in the blank? What do you guess? It is different. So I'm speaking, as I always do, in a broad term. But every marriage, every situation, every husband is different. I'm speaking broadly, okay? Every marriage goes through changes, stuff when you're 30 and you're married, 
and you're 50, it gets very different. And between the ages of 50 and 70, it's still different. And people that can't adjust get stuck. If you want to hold on to what you used to could do, you want to hold on to what you past remembered, you will get stuck. You have to live in the moment. You have to see the opportunities. God's got you here for a plan. Now, I want to make this very, very simple. On what level does your pastor preach most of the time? Because I'm a simple boy. What grade? Third grade. So let's make it very simple. Here's, here's kind of the nuts and bolts of the whole talk. When it comes to relationships, everybody has something I call a love tank. Everyone say love tank. And what is a love tank? Every one of us, we have an emotional capacity that stores memories and experiences. And every one of us inside of our heart, we have different compartments for different people or different accounts. Some accounts are kind of full of good stuff. You see somebody, your heart is warm, you enjoy being with them. You see a neighbor that's aggravated you driving down the street and tension and anger comes up. You may have three sons and your love account is different for each one of the sons based on how aggravating they are to you. And there's a more important love tank. You ought to write this in the margin and that is your love tank with the Lord. If your love tank with the Lord is very lean or empty, you're going to struggle in every area. I noticed years ago when I got up, had my coffee, read my Bible, went for a prayer walk, hung out with the Lord for part of my morning. When I finished my prayer time, I loved my wife so much. I appreciated her. I enjoyed being with her. Uh, we just, I just adored her. But... If I got too busy to read and too busy to pray, it went two days, three days, four days, then all of a sudden, King Kong, the bad guy, shows up. Everything gets under my skin. I'm critical about everything and everyone, which includes you. So I got to keep my tank, love tank with the Lord full. Because I can love my wife then. So every person either makes deposits into your love tank or they make withdrawals into your love tank. I have some friends over all these years. I love them just the way they are. But frankly, every time I'm with them, they it's like, They are sucking the life out of me. If there's somebody in the room like that, do not look at them. Look straight ahead. I just know it going in, and it's okay. Wise people. Turn to your neighbor and ask them, are they wise? Just go ahead and turn them. Are you wise? Wise people know they need the Lord to fill their love tank because there's not a spouse on the planet that can fill all the needs that you have. And you got to stop expecting them to do it all. Sue, as wonderful as she is to me, she cannot meet all my needs. And I shouldn't put that on her. Because if I look to my spouse and you look to your husband to fulfill all your emotional needs, you are a little sicky. And you're codependent. And you're putting on them what you should put on God. Are you with me? Someone say amen. 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 So just, just take note of that. So when... 
interactions are affirming and they are life-giving and they lift, they create good deposits in my love tank. When painful things happen and painful things do happen, they draw life out of our love tank. Generally speaking, if a spouse's emotional needs go unmet year after year, year after year, and the only thing you get from them is withdrawals, that's not good. That's going nowhere fast. Because you will end up with emotional or marital bankruptcy. There's nothing in there. There's no enjoyment, no fun. I uh, see that. That's what happens. People stop giving. They're taking, but they're not giving and they're not investing. So let's keep this really simple. I want to share five things. How many? Five things that'll help you sisters love your husbands. And I want to tell you up front, men are not complicated. Can I just tell you that? Have you, ladies, have you figured that out? We're not as smart as you. We don't, we don't get it. You talk to us like we understand. We don't understand it. How complicated are we? Uh, not at all. Not men. For instance, give me a place to lay down at night. Give me some good food. Kiss me on the cheek. Let me watch a little football. Tell me I'm a good man. Take me for a ride in a car. I'm simple. I'm simple. Pay the bill so it's not dark during the daytime. I'm very, very simple. Now, we, we, love, we love animals. We had my father decided uh, to give my boys a black Labrador puppy. He just brought it and said, here's the puppy. And uh, uh, we named him Jake. Everyone say Jake. And I affectionately called him Jake the Wonder Dog. Like his master, Jake was not very smart. He was just happy. <laughs> He's always glad to see you. A lot of fun. Uh, show you how smart he was not. Uh, it was a hot summer, and uh, I left the house to come to work, and uh, uh, the, my car was parked on the concrete pavement, and I, put, I cranked my car, and I backed up slowly, and I heard a bump, bump. And I thought, well, what is that? There's nothing under my pavement. And so, being a typical man, I pulled forward to see what it was. And when I pulled forward, I heard a bump, bump. So I opened the car door to see what was under there. And I saw Jake the Wonder Dog put one leg out, two legs out, slowly crawl out from underneath my Ford four-door car. And boy, was he staggering and wobbly. And he looked at me and said, wow, Dad, what happened? I said, don't go to sleep under my car, big boy, anymore. I think the transmission just kind of touched him briefly. He, got, he was okay. Jake was not. But you know what? He didn't sleep under my car anymore. He didn't. <laughs> he figured that out. So my wife, who's a very, very smart woman, She's good with training animals and apparently a husband or two. And so she trained him. She, what's the word? House broke him? House, whatever. House something. And so he'd, be, he'd sleep at night in the hallway outside of my boy's room. And so Sue would get up and Jake would look like this. He'd look like this. And Sue would say, Jake, you want to go outside? So as a Eight-week-old puppy, he didn't know what outside was, but he knew somebody's talking to me. <laughs> Good. And then and she'd go downstairs. He'd, he'd follow her, go to the door, put her hand on the doorknob, and then she'd say, want to go poopy? 
And normally you don't hear that in church, but I said it. I'm sorry. Jake, Jake, want to go out, Poopy? Of course, he didn't know what that meant. So she'd open the door. He runs across the porch, goes down the steps, goes out in the field, and does his business. And my wife goes down and follows him. And she starts rubbing his ears and patting good old Jake the Wonder Dog on the head and scratching his back. There's a lesson here, ladies. Remember, are men complicated or simple? Are they complicated? No. So here, here's the marriage lesson. She would say, Good, she's a southern, good boy. Jake, say it with me, ladies, good boy. Jake and Jake would just, he'd just be so happy. So when it comes to your husband, ladies, say it. Pet the, pet the doggy and watch him wag his tail. It's not hard. She thought I didn't know what she was doing, but sometimes she'd come up behind me and go, Steve, good Bowie. And she'd rub my neck and I'd go, ha, 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 thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, the needs of a man are relatively few. Here's the first one. It's the most important one. If you don't do this one, nothing else works. He needs affirmation. He needs people, but especially his wife, to be proud of him. And actually, his wife is the last person on earth that is proud of him. It is the number one gift she can give him. He wants this more than anything else. It is what he needs to be emotionally healthy from you. He wants you to be proud of him. Ephesians 5, thank you, says, see to it that a wife respects her husband. Well, Steve, I don't even know what respect means. It means to admire him. Big time. Remember, when you married, you became... The two became how many flesh? How many? One. One flesh. That is Jesus' plan. You normally marry opposites because you don't need another one of you. They'd be sick. You need somebody very different. The principle is if your husband does well, since you're one flesh, what does it mean? You're going to do well. Well, my husband, you don't know him, Pastor Steve. He's rude and he's quiet and he's passive and he's got all, he doesn't clean up after himself. He won't wash any dishes. I'm not going to give him any respect because he is not worthy of my respect. Thank you very much. And I would say to you, did your mother ever tell you that you would cut your nose off to spite your? Wow, you guys are younger than I am. You'd cut your nose off to spite your face. Did she ever say what goes around? What comes around? If you attack him, rolling your eyes, withholding your love, Stomping your feet, criticizing him privately or what's worse, publicly. You just assaulted yourself. Thought you were smarter than that. Why not just take a pair of pliers and pull your toenails out? Boy, thanks, Steve. Well, you're welcome. You're hurting yourself. Do you not see that? Well, my husband this or my husband that. Well, 
We're not talking about your husband this morning. Thank you. We whooped up on him four weeks ago. So he's already had his whooping. We're talking to you. Okay? You're on the program today. And there's some sisters who feel like, I got him now. I got him down the aisle. I got a ring on him. We spent three days in Midway on our honeymoon living in a tent. So I got him now. And so I need to shape him into the man I want him to be. I can remake him. I go, no, you can't. Well, I'll just whittle on him a little bit. I'll whittle on him a little bit every day with my words and my actions. Listen. If you belittle your man, if you lessen your man, you lessen yourself because you're one flesh. Plus, you get less of a man. Say this with me, please, ladies. A foolish woman tears down her house with her own hands. What does that mean, Pastor? Well, it means, one, you're not figuring it out. Two, it's naturally what frustrated wives do to their husbands. And it is the wrong approach. It never works. It does not motivate a man. Why does it not motivate a man? One, because he does not need a mother. He already had a mother. And he doesn't want you to be a mother. If your husband accepts from you Do you act like a mother to him? That's a bad sign. You have already whittled him down. Well, what does he need? Uh, Answers on screen. What does he need? Very good. Thank you. A cheerleader. If you build him up, If you were perfectly selfish, you were the most selfish person alive and you just wanted to be selfish, if you treat your husband well, it's going to bless you. If you build him up, it's going to build you up. So here's what you do. When that old boy gets it right, when he does get it right, he decides to help you with laundry. He decides to clean up the dishes. He says, honey, let's go out for lunch today. Let's go for a walk today. Let me do that, sweetheart. So when he gets it right, what you do is you praise him and you will get more of the desired response. Ladies, help me out. Would you say it, please? Good boy. Go ahead, say it. It won't hurt you. Good boy. If your feller happens to be in the room, just go ahead and say, good boy. You know what? You can do this tomorrow and he won't figure it out. Just do it. He won't. He just... <laughs> he'll just wag his tail. That's what he'll do. He'll wag his tail. Because a man thrives on Praise. I just happen to have a photo of a particular team. I don't even know who these guys are. I don't even know who these guys are. But if a man thrives on praise. When I was a great mediocre athlete, if a coach ever praised me, good job, nice tackle, good shot, nice run, I would want to die for that coach. Because there was something inside me. I felt inadequate, slow, incapable, small. But if a coach ever praised me, he got my everything. So your fella needs praise and your fella needs admiration because that's what good coaches do. Are you ready for the punchline? You ready? Ready? I'm sorry, you ready? That's what good wives do. Are you a good wife? 
And if you're going to praise him, you got to say it for goodness sake. Thinking it doesn't count. Meaning to do it doesn't count. You got to say it and you got to mean it. Because if you don't ever say it, that good man, that strong man is going to wilt and die from the inside. And I admit there are horrible situations in marriage and there are men that are going to do nothing no matter what you do. But I'm telling you, this is your best shot. This is your best shot. And I call it three C's. Okay, ready? Three C's. First one, don't criticize. Everyone say criticize. Don't criticize. What, what do you mean don't criticize? People don't need you picking apart their life. They don't and your husband doesn't need it. People don't need your condemnation. Well, he dented the truck and I called him an idiot. I called him foolish. Well, guess what? You just lost. Do you want somebody treating you that way when you make mistakes? And the third thing is don't complain. Don't criticize him. Don't condemn him. <clears throat> don't complain. What do you mean complain? Well, if you woke up in the middle of the Ukraine today in the middle of the war zone, or if you woke up in a Gaza Strip trying to save your family, you wouldn't complain about what's going on today in your life. And the places I've been to around the world and missions and the people I've got to love and help, seeing those people have taken all the complaining out of me. It's hard to get me to complain because I see what other people struggle and wrestle with. Because if you do these three ugly things to your man, it's almost like you invited the devil to give you his bow and arrow and shoot flaming darts into his heart. You don't want to do that. Well, oh, oh. Can I do that one more time? Oh. I see some of you rolling your eyes. I see. Well, what am I going to do if I don't criticize, complain, and condemn? I won't have anything to say. Perfect. He'll come home more. He will enjoy it. Well, what should I say? Seriously, Steve. Okay, ladies, let's read this out loud, please, from Ephesians 4. Read it, please. Let no one word proceed from your, but only such a word is good for edification according to the need of the moment. So it gives grace to those who hear. Holy Spirit, tap me on the shoulder when I'm about to say something ugly. Let me give grace to people I love the most. And it is not your job to correct him. Why? Because it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Remember, you're not his mama, and he's not your child. Doesn't work. And here's something that does work. Get out of God's way. Get out of God's way and let the Lord correct your husband. My, the guy I listened to for years as a young Christian, Bill Gothard, he used to say this. He defined submission as this. Stooping low enough as a wife to let God smack my husband. And when God smacks him, it's a lot better than you wagging your finger in his face. That passage, 1 Peter 3, doesn't mean a woman shouldn't speak. But it, it says this, if you step out of my way and you let me discipline your man, let me break your man, let me speak to your man, he will understand it better and you telling him the same thing over and over and over. Because when he gets it, his anger is not on you. And he goes, wow, I have missed it all this time. God's a better communicator. <clears throat> are, we, are we tracking? Is this making sense? So if you got to address something, and you will, 
My wife has to have talks with me about stuff that I'm not understanding. Don't tell me in the middle of a television program. Don't tell me why I'm doing other things. Take me to the porch. Take me to the bedroom and go, honey, we need to talk. I'm concerned about this. I would suggest say it one time. Pray it and then put it in God's hand. Because these things mess with your husband. Life, work, people, the devil, his own fears, and every man has fears and insecurities, and they have a way of boom, 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 beating your man down. My admonition, don't join the devil in beating your good man down. Don't do it. It'll come back. It'll come back on you. The object is this. I want to draw my man to me. I don't want to push my man away from me. Number two, he needs physical fulfillment from his wife. I know we have young ears and eyes in the room, so... I'm not talking about tacos. Everyone say tacos. I'm talking about enchiladas. It's a joke. I'm teasing. We got to talk about this. The typical wife does not understand the husband's deep need for physical intimacy. She doesn't get it. She's a woman. She can't get it. She doesn't understand his need, but it's the same way A husband does not understand his wife's need for affection. We have opposite needs. So we'll learn to fulfill their needs. Here's the deal. Young man proposes to sweet girl. They get married. But at that moment, he's promising she will be the only Sexual fulfillment in his life. He vows that. He makes that promise because he feels that she is both interested and available to meet his needs. That's what he's assuming. Unfortunately, a lot of the times, it's kind of bait and switch. He finds she is unwilling or she feels like it's not giving an offering of love is something, oh shoot, I got to endure. And here's what, how that plays out. He is unfulfilled. And he is empty. And sisters, you do not want your husband to be empty. This is the most important thing I will say today. I hope it is a blessing. When a wife intimately connects with her beloved husband... It's not about pleasure. It's not about making babies. Here's what it's about. It's about affirming her husband on every level. When she connects this way as a Christian wife, she's saying to her husband, I love you with all my heart. I'm proud that you are my husband. And we have a bright future because of you. And your love for God. And I thank you for loving me. And I tell you what that does for a man. He leaves the next day taller, holier, and a desire to do the right thing. Here's another thing. It keeps them bonded throughout their lifetime. I want to show you a picture, show you a picture, show you a picture. Do you know what this is? You ever stuck your little fingers together? Hope you didn't do your lips. 
when a sexual relationship happens, there's a bonding. There is no such thing as a one-night stand because what you do, you get bonded. Heart, soul, mind, and body. Statistics say people that come into their honeymoon being virgins, they have a happier marriage. Now, the Lord can heal you, but you should have to deal with that. Let me say something off the record, too. In our generation, we have a lot of young people who say, you know, I was born this way, but I'm not really that. Or I'm attracted to these people. And I know you think, Dad, I should be attracted to these people. But what happens when you have a sexual experience, same sex, it's still bonding. And you, and you think first they feel shame, they feel guilt. And then what happens is because of that bonding, it messes with their head, their heart, and their body. And then the devil starts telling them, because it's seducing spirits, you are that. And they will fight to be that. And I tell them, honey, you're not. You're made in God's image. That is a counterfeit. That is a counterfeit. D, well, how do I be a great lover? It's very simple. If you want to be a great lover, meet the needs of your spouse first. That's the plan. Where do you get that? It's called the golden rule. You ever heard of the golden rule? Do unto others what you would have somebody do for you. You put the other person first. Three, boy, I'm about to get in more trouble. Have you noticed? Is that car cranked? Number three, your husband is looking for someone to be their playmate. What do you mean? This is what I mean. Their recreational companion. I have drug, I mean, I've invited Sue to sit through rainstorms and ball games and Civil War battlefields and drives across Nebraska and all the craziest things in the world. And we've always enjoyed each other's company. What a beautiful picture of biblical love. See that? <laughs> and by the way, no pouting. No pouting. True romance. Actually, ladies, camo is the all-occasion dress, I just think. <laughs> Bye-bye, Bambi. Oh, that was mean. I'm sorry. So, what are you talking about? Make deposits by doing things together. And do it because you love them. It's got to be give and take. Honey, I'd love to go shopping with you. Yes, uh, let's go do Goodwill deal again. I know it's four days this week, and I'd love going to Goodwill with you. Yep. Okay, and it's, it can't be 95% one way and 5% it's got to be give and take. I'll go just because I love being with you because we're one flesh and I want to be best friends. My confession is my wife is my best friend today. I love her more. I enjoy her more. I take comfort in her more. We care for each other more simply because we have invested and we've supported each other. And if you stop investing, your marriage dies by doing things together. Gardening. Uh, collecting stamps. I don't know. Ask him questions. Make a list of what's important to him. Number four, he needs his wife to be attractive. Uh-oh, now you're really, now you're messing me up. Song of Solomon. The king is captivated by her beauty. Sue and I were dating. I took her on a business trip with other people. 
to Dallas, Texas. We had separate rooms. It was a formal occasion. I saw this woman come down two flights of stairs in a gown. EMT had to pick me up off the floor. They had to start my heart again because I, I went, oh, that, that, that one right there. We've been dating a year, that one right there. You say, Pastor, but you know, I'm not exactly, I don't exactly look like I used to look. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I'm there too. It's been a long time for us. But I'm telling you, it is important. <clears throat> it is important to the husband. Do the best you can with what the Lord has given you. Take care of your body. You'll take care of your husband. Take care of your body. Does that mean I got to stay eternally young? Well, as long as you keep having birthdays, things are going to keep going south and sliding over and moving different places. So we got to do the best we can. No, we can't. But adding extra weight, when Sue and I dated, I weighed one weight. When we married a year later, I weighed another weight because it was like a trough and she was feeding the horse. And then up until three months ago, I was a much bigger boy. And I get it, but you know, watch for, maintain a good weight. Use makeup to your advantage. Some churches don't allow makeup. That's okay. Uh, that's not my style. I have a principle. If the barn needs painting, please paint the barn. <laughs> Think God's okay with it? Think it's okay? Think it's okay? Get a hairstyle your husband likes. Your hairstyle should be for him. What about this one? You like that one? It's a pretty good hairstyle. Here's another one. That's called the bat wing style. Uh, use clothing to please your husband. But here's, here's the clincher. The joy of the Lord in your heart is the most attractive. There's nothing more attractive to a man than the joy of the Lord in your heart. Have you ever been with people in their mid to late 90s and they love Jesus and I just feel the love of God coming out of them. I feel the joy of the Holy Ghost. And I go, can I just sit with you? Would you hold my hand? Because I need some of what you got. It's the most attractive feature. It is true beauty. But ladies, you determine what's on your face. And you determine what's in your heart. And the last one, worship team, would you guys come out? Hurry, please, come out now. <laughs> Rescue us. Oh, did you get that on camera? <laughs> Is the truck started, please? Uh, last one. So important, and I'll make it short. That husband needs peace in your house when he comes home. I have said to myself, Hey, I can fight wars. I can deal with difficult people. I can handle conflict. I can handle all kind of bad stuff throughout the day. But when I come home at night, even if it's at 10 o'clock at night, I want love and peace and comfort. I don't want fighting. I don't want arguments. I don't want conflict. And we've just kind of had a rule in our house. We treat each other with respect. We don't allow that kind of stuff in our house because you want your husband to want to come home. And here's a picture I don't want you to forget. Ladies, I think you got about 80% of the ownership here. You set the temperature of your house. You're the thermostat. Is it going to be cold? Is it going to be comfortable emotionally? Because if a husband has stress at work, he can handle that. But if he comes home to more stress, 
It's not good. Stressors, you know them. Money, we've had money problems. Spouses both working. Anger, just having kids is a stressor. School, people getting sick. Poor choices, chores, responsibilities. Before you know it, you got exhaustion. You're just too tired for anything. You know what that is? It's called life. But Jesus has a better plan. He wants our houses to have peace. He's the one that calms the storm. He's the prince of peace. But it's it's a heart issue. You have to get that in your heart before you give it to somebody else. I want to close our time in prayer. I'm very proud of the women in this church. You guys have persevered. You have loved. You've been faithful. You've got up the next day. You've raised kids. You've endured a selfish husband at times. You are the heroes of this church the women in this church because of your strength and your commitment to God. And I want to say thank you. But I want to pray for you too. So if you're a lady in this room, would you just hold your hands gently out? I just want to ask the Lord to bless you and encourage you. Father, I thank you for the godly women, whether they're 10 years of age or they're in their 90s. Bless your daughters today. Strengthen them. Give them a word from your heart. Give them a gift of faith. Fill them with love. And help them to keep pressing forward. And last, I pray for anyone watching or anyone in the room that's never given their heart to Christ that they'll simply say, Jesus, be my Savior today. Be my Lord. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. The altar is open. There's people that will pray with you. Feel free to stand as we enter into this last worship song. I've come.
thank you for this day and we just pray you go with us this week thank you everyone have a blessed week don't forget to pick up your children and happy thanksgiving thank you for joining us online at church of the savior today we hope you were encouraged to grow in your walk with jesus if you made a decision to follow jesus for the first time today please reach out to us we would love to help you take your next step Please visit our website for information on upcoming events and how you can connect with the COS family. 
There is also a prayer request form where you can let us know how we can pray for you. Thanks again for tuning in. Hope to see you next week.